Disco is a fan podcast exploring the vast worlds of He-Man and She-Ra. Join Sean Scavarna and Matthew Duke as they discuss the history and mystery of Eternia and Etheria, diving deep into all incarnations of Masters of the Universe. Hey, hey, you know who's back? It's the Legends of Grayskull Podcast. Now that you know, let's go get ready for the show. It's the Legends of Grayskull Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Legends of Grayskull Podcast. We're back again. We're continuing our Masters of the Universe Revolution reviews. Uh, I am again Matthew Duch. We've got Sean Scavarna with us, and we do have Curtis Ackerman. Unfortunately, Jesse Arnold was feeling a bit under the weather, so we're going to have to lose him for this episode. Hopefully, he'll be back before we finish our reviews, though. So, uh, Gentlemen... How are we doing tonight? I'm I'm doing all right. Um, I, I can I tell you guys a little secret though. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, well, just just between us, it's just yeah, yeah, just yeah. Between yeah. Us. right, yeah. Um, when when I'm doing an episode with you guys and you get ready to play the intro, I actually mute my speakers. Um, and and it's nothing against your theme song, like it's a total it sure earworm. sounds like it is. It gets stuck in my head and I can't get it out. <laughs> like, like even thinking about it sometimes, even thinking just about you guys sometimes. Right. It just we'll kind of put, plays in the background. We'll put it in, yeah. yeah. And and it's it's not even the whole song, it's just the legends of Grace Go Podcast. <laughs> like and it just over and over and over. So like I know since we're doing multiple of these reviews, like yeah. there's no way I could do this five times <laughs> that because it would just get stuck there forever. So just FYI. It's the number one song of twenty twenty four for Curtis Ackerman right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so to the reviews. Hopefully you have watched our first two reviews. Uh if not, I have no idea why you're here. Please go do that first. <laughs> Um, For the love oh, of God. watch the show first, yeah. Then watch your two reviews second. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched the show, why are you searching out reviews for it? And don't why ask, are you starting with the third one? Don't ask questions on Facebook, don't say I heard this or that. Go yeah. watch the show, yeah. You won't be disappointed. Uh, so watch the show, give that a double thumbs up, uh, then check out episode one, then two, and now you're back with us. Good job, you completed it. I'm so proud of you guys. Uh, so we're going to go through same format. We're going to do scene by scene, uh, give our thoughts on it and spend about an hour and a half on a 22 minute episode. So who we, uh, about as far as the round us. Robin, who are we starting with for the first scene? Uh, we can start with you, Curtis, since you okay. asked so nicely. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so this is masters of the universe revolution episode Three, more things in heaven in Eternia. Real quick before we go into the scene, I like the episode titles a lot more in this season. Like, I think they're a lot more on point. They're mm-hmm. less trying to be like, ha-ha. Yeah. And they're just more accurate, I feel. Like, I just... I. Some of the ones in the first season, Revelation, just bumped me a bit. And these ones are all on point, I think. 
Yeah. What yep. was the one that like one of the last ones was almost it, everything you see everything here. Everything you see here. Or, yeah. or I, I, for a second, I thought there was one called collect them all or something, which made me go like, are we going here? Like, we're really going to make no, there wasn't comments. a collect them all. The other but one it, was it had that vibe about it. Is what yeah, I'm, there was the one that yeah. was the four non blondes reference, but I can't remember which lyric it was off the top of my head. I like when they say the name of the episode in the episode and I go, oh, they, they did it. Yeah. They said the, they said the thing. <laughs> it's like the chorus of a song. Oh, yeah. there's that line. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Scene one. We open ship where a defiant Stonedar is being held captive in front of Hordak. Uh, Stonedar offers to fight Hordak for the freedom of his people. Uh, as he transforms into a rock monster and fights his way towards Hordak, he is attacked by Grizzlor and Mantena. Hordak reveals that he never fights himself. Instead, he hires Well, as Leech appears and drains Stonedar's life force, leaving just a husk behind. Uh, once Stonedar is disposed of, Motherboard beams in with a progress report. She lets Hordak know that Keldor has now been crowned King of Eternos, and they have the champion unwittingly under their control. And the Grayskull will be their next target. Skeletor interrupts this progress report to congratulate Hordak. Uh, he says the made-up story about Keldor fooled those Eternians. And Hordak reveals that the story of Keldor is in fact based on the truth. And that's why the lie worked so well. Back in Snake Mountain, Motherboard is irritated with Skeletor for interrupting her report. She says he acted like a fool in front of Hordak. Uh, Skeletor tries to explain that he was just surprised to learn that the Keldor fiction is really fact. Motherboard still is irritated with him and slams him to the ground, scolding him. She tells him never to interrupt again. As Motherboard leaves, Keldor or er, Skeletor, oops, my bad. Skeletor starts to hear voices in his head. Uh, he sees a reflection of Keldor that at first he thinks is a figment of his imagination, but Keldor tells him he is not. When Motherboard put the squeeze on his brain, she actually unlocked repressed memories. And that Keldor and Skeletor are actually the same. Uh, Keldor explains that the demon from another dimension origin was just a lie conjured up by the Horde to keep Skeletor under control. Uh, Keldor unlocks the memories, revealing them to Skeletor. Uh, we see, <clears throat> excuse me, we see the Horde burning Anwat Gar. We see Keldor taken in by the Horde, taking the Havoc Staff, having his face burned off, re re revealing just a skull. Finally, he sees Hordak and Skeletor in the Royal Nursery. Baby Adam is crying. Two cribs are overturned. Hordak escapes seemingly clutching something in Skeletor is captured by the royals. Uh, after the memory subsides, Keldor tells Skeletor that they are not to be servants to anybody, and instead they are meant to be masters. 
All right. Um, lot to lot to break down here. Oh um, yeah, they yeah. start off with a bang. Yeah, they every episode starts off pretty fast and ends, you know, with a cliffhanger. So, um, you know, starting off the whole Stone Dar thing, like I thought it was cool that they included that character. Um, anytime yep. that you can take these kind of you know, I want to say obscure characters, but just characters they that are. we haven't seen a lot in the motion C-list, media. D-list, yeah. Right. Uh, I think it's cool that they get kind of, you know, their their 15 minutes of fame. Unfortunately, in these series, it tends to be like a minute or two of fame before they, <laughs> right. you know, get killed. Yeah. So that's that's the other, that's the downside to it. Is like, like if you're, you know, if you're a Stonedar fan and you've been waiting your whole life to see him in you know, some sort of cartoon. And then you're like, yes, he's here and he's going to fight Hordak and this is going to, and then, you know, he gets this yeah. life force sucked out of him and killed. It's the, it's Fisto and Clamp Champ again, yeah. but not as high tier. So, yeah. But that being said, as somebody that's not, you know, I don't really have a connection to Stone Dar. Yeah. I thought it was a cool scene. Um, you know, seeing him attack Hordak and Hordak is just calm and collected and just like, you know, basically, like I don't fight my battles. Like, yeah. like I, you know, and That's and we know, especially as as we go later on, Hordak can fight. It's not that he can't fight. No, but he, he you know, it's like it's to. beneath him. Yeah. So, did, um, real quick, then, did go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna ask. Did you guys catch the voice actor of Stone Stone Dar the first time? I still don't know who the voice actor was. You don't either, Sean. You never caught it. I didn't look it up. I couldn't uh, from from the voice acting. I was actually going to look it up, but I did not. Yet. So that was actually Cam Clark. Who really? Adam and He-Man in the Mike Young production series. I'm going to have to listen to that again okay. now. Jeez. I didn't catch it at all the first time. And then on the second time I got, I got the same. I'm like, man, that voice sounds familiar. And then I looked up and I'm like, and now I can't unhear it. Like, gotcha. like it so, did sound very cool. heroic. So that makes sense. Right. Right. No, it, um, was, it was very nicely done. <clears throat> I w I was also never like a giant um, fan of the horde or those characters, but I mean, seeing Grizzlor and Leech and uh, was it Mantana? Um, yep. yeah, like, like just seeing them in there and, and fighting was really cool. Um, so that scene was cool. Then you get into this whole, you know, motherboard and, and Skeletor thing. And, you know, like, listen, she lays a smackdown on him and is, you know, somewhat disrespectful. And at this point I'm going, he's going to get her back. Like at some point, oh, yeah. like, like like you know, Skeletor may temporarily be somebody's b-word, but he's not gonna, you know, for a, it's not gonna last long. Like he's mm. he's gonna do something. So th this is kind of the setup for me that like there's gonna be some retribution here um, coming. Um, and and I'm just giving you my thoughts as I'm watching that scene. Yeah. Um, then we go to their whole Keldor thing. And I'm like, you know, we've been on this kind of roller coaster with this whole Keldor thing. Like it's, you know, Keldor shows up and then there's a battle and there's him and Skeletor at the same time. So we're like, OK, they're two separate people in this. And then there's the whole thing where he's pretending to be it. Now we get to this point where it's like, OK, Keldor was a real person. And and it, you know, he basically Hordak has convinced Skeletor that or, to, or made Skeletor play this part. Yep. But he was a real person. And then we find out that not only was he a real person, but he actually was Skeletor. 
beforehand. So Skeletor wasn't the demon from the other dimension. That's a whole thing that Hordak kind of made him believe. But then, like, so now we've been on this roller coaster, and I'm like, I don't know if I can believe this part. Like, like we're yeah. at a point where we're like, okay, now he's his backstory is now he was Keldor, and then he became Skeletor and all this and that. But I know that just in real life, memories can be kind of fuzzy at times. Like we, you know, oh, two yeah. people can go through the exact same situation and remember it completely differently. And here, this this guy has gone through, you know, if he was Keldor. Yeah. Um, he's gone through, you know, being banished from his kingdom and having to start over and going through this with and then having his mind erased, turning into a, you know, this this demon magical creature. Then he went through the whole tech thing and had tech take over half of his body. And, and you know, so he's gone through a lot of crap. Yep. So I don't know, like, even if I'm him, if I can trust those memories. So it's like, you know, what? What's really going on and how much of this is Hordak's influence? How much is this the tech and how much of this is actual memories that I'm having resurface? So there's just a lot going on here. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say like throughout the rest of this series, I, I do question like how much of this can we really truly rely on when it comes to his memories and flashbacks and stuff and how much of this is, you know, whatever generated or, or false memories or whatever. So um, yeah, just a lot going on there. And, and once again, they, they continue even from scene to scene to make you go like there's, you're just always left with more questions and you just want to keep watching. You want to keep binging this stuff. So mm-hmm. no, I completely agree. And, and I'm right there with you. I'm watching this for the first time and I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like, again, it's just keeping me guessing. And like you said, he's, you know, with him being so technologically based here now, it's like, you know, they programmed him with these memories of Keldor. So maybe it is just the, you know, like a, like a virus taking over basically or whatever. So um, I will say though, I, I'm sitting here because before, before we started the series, when it kind of got rumored that Keldor was going to be in it, you know, I don't mind the Keldor origin necessarily, but this had always been, you know, he's demon from another dimension. They had the whole prequel comic series about it and everything else. And it's like, I'm like, for if they turn this around now and say he really is Keldor, I'm going to be pissed. That said, once I got through, especially this scene with and William Shatner and Mark Hamill playing off of each other, the back and forth between the personalities. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? If you're going to do Keldor as Skeletor, this is the way to do it. You know, as opposed to 2000X where it's like everybody just kind of knows, but they don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, Let me jump in there real quick, because I think like the thing with 2000X is like they said, this is flat out how it is. Like he was Keldor. He was the uncle and all this kind of stuff. I think the good thing about how they did this is that you still don't know. So like if right. you're if you're a huge he's a demon from another dimension fan, I could see where you could watch this and go, "Nah, these are fake memories and this is bullshit and he really is the demon and this is just a part that Hordak has convinced him to play." Yeah. And if you're a fan of the Keldor storyline and he really is related to Randor and and all this kind of stuff, you can see it that way. So I think they played it well to where to no whichever story you like better 
you could kind of throw your own spin on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even and even with the Skeletor character, like if Skeletor completely remembers that he's Keldor, everyone mm-hmm. remembers he was Keldor. Like, you know, we were just fighting against you 15 years ago. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Like, it's I don't, it's it, it's a lot more linear, but it's also a lot more convoluted. Whereas if you have him basically going insane mm-hmm. with the power of havoc, losing all his memories, and then you know, coming back as a demon. I mean, he is. He was reborn into Skeletor instead of just Keldor without a face. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a small distinction, but in my mind, I'm like, that works a lot better for me because then it's, it, you know, it's just, it's that tyrant Skeletor. It's that great. Like, Skeletor is still his own person. Mm-hmm. Him, you know starting to figure it out with the Keldor inside his head. And that just, that's a much more interesting angle to me. And I really appreciate it. I, uh, I'll be honest. I bought it. Um, I, I didn't have too many like, Oh, is it, or isn't it kind of a thing for some reason, because when they have that moment with motherboard, uh, you can see it the the way it, the animation in his eyes, the colors change, mm-hmm. with the the power uh, thing for his eye, and when that happened, I'm just one of those people where unless it's a virus, like you guys are saying, like oh, you know, because it, it is a techno virus technically that's taking mm-hmm. over and yep. infecting everybody, but for some reason when that part hit, I'm like, yeah, but I don't think this is just like they're joking. I honestly, I bought it for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I like how, I like how, it, unfortunately, I have to wait until about the last episode to even get into what I'm trying to say, what I like. But I do like the concept here of Motherboard is kind of his shadow weaver, but on a tech level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that hasn't really been done in the lore. It's It's a new concept that is interesting and actually kind of frightening in my opinion too because you know the end of last uh of revelation where it's like everybody's getting taken over it's basically you know non-consensual these these guys are just getting you know i don't want to i don't want to use the word but you know it's like this is happening whether you want it to or not and that Mm -hmm. to me is like spooky scary oh you went there kind of a thing Mm-hmm. So for that to be what's going on and then for it to be something that unlocks something within Skeletor to make him question things, I kind of bought it at that yeah. point. And there was a part of me where it, when it first was brought out in the story here, there was a part of me that actually was a little let down because there is that part of me that wants there to be the demon from a, another dimension and just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of me is like they in two episodes have managed to build this Keldor, their version of Keldor into mm-hmm. someone that is a very interesting character already. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's that's also in no small part to William Shatner playing it, which blew my mind, too, because Shatner's so easy to just riff in jokes about the mm-hmm. way he, his cadence is. And in this, it's he is literally the snake in Eden talking into your ear the entire time and, and giving you this, hey, you want to take them out too. Why don't we do that now? And it, he's, he's got this, this, uh, 
smoothness to the way that he gives you the poison, you know, and I absolutely love that about it. Yeah, um, I let me uh, like the the other thing though is is like we don't know like if if you think of Skeletor and Keldor as two different personalities, two different people, right? Yeah, we don't really know what Keldor is all about. I think going back to like what Matt was saying in the last episode, like you know where Skeletor is playing the part of Keldor. And he yep. is being this like very um, good uncle and yeah, and yep. and smooth talking, and he's he's actually becoming a good king and all this kind of stuff. Like, how much of that is is Skeletor putting on a show, and how much of that is the Keldor personality actually coming out? Right. You know, and and if Keldor is convincing Skeletor to you know basically fight back against Motherboard and Hordak. Does that make Keldor a good guy or is Keldor just a different kind of bad guy than, than Skeletor? And these are the things that are like going to my head. It's like, we don't really know who this Keldor is. And, yeah. and, but it feels like some of it, like there's something suave and sophisticated about Keldor that Skeletor is not. Skeletor is like ADHD bouncing off the walls. Right. And, mm-hmm. and Keldor is more like methodical he, and, and yeah. he, he would be, the, he would be the Jafar. Right, like he would, he would yeah. try and keep himself around. Mm. If he hadn't died in Anwat Gar, like mm. I have a feeling he would have like tried to ingratiate himself with Brandor a little bit and mm. kind of been his advisor, like the little guy in the ear. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and I, I said it before, but like I know you guys didn't watch the cartoon, but New Adventure Skeletor, like that is the character Shatner is playing. He and it works so well for that to be like the Keldor persona. Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, I enjoy it. Sorry, Sorry John. Go ahead. I cut you off. No, yeah. I mean honestly, that's that's what it amounts to to me. And and like you know, in this weird way, like um, again, I have to wait because I just watched the fifth episode and fourth episodes today. So there's stuff I want to talk about that I know I can't with this episode. <laughs> but but it is an interesting concept to think about it that him finding this out in this episode opens up some interesting story lines of why he is who he is to Hordak in this, mm. in that way. And it's something that we, we can address later on, but it is one of those, like, I guess as a kid, when, when I saw secret of the sword, for instance, I just looked at it as it's it, like, yes, Skeletor is part of the horde. And it was almost like their way of doing a team up team up between the two big bad guys and masters at this point. Yeah. But never did I think for a second that maybe a certain red-robed woman who would be mm-hmm. the the right-hand person to Hordak might not even be in the picture yet. That's the yeah, kind think, of stuff that's interesting to me about how this is working out in the story, at least. It's yeah. just well, it's, it's also shows how like like Hordak is just a jerk because yeah. like yeah. okay, imagine this, like Sean. I convince you that you're not Sean, right? Like you're Sean, but I convince you you're not Sean. Then I convince you to play the character of Sean to get close to your family and stab him in the back. Yeah. Like that's what Hordak did. He he convinced him he's not Keldor. Then had him play Keldor to stab his family in the back. Yeah. And it's like, and And then you you find out that you were Keldor the whole time. It's like, dude. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I hate you. <laughs> you and you know? know, part of that is just it's fun for Hordak to do. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Like, he's amusing the shit out of himself right now. Yeah, doing this. Yeah, you know. Uh, if but, you want to, yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, I, I was just going to say, so this scene that we're talking about is actually like the minute they went there, I'm like, oh, so this is like Norman Osborn, Green Goblin and the Spider-Man movies where every time he looks in a mirror, he's going to see, right. mm. you know, the other right. version of himself. But it's it's interesting to me the way that they're doing this compared to that because of those reasons, because mm. Norman is just somebody who took basically something he shouldn't have taken and it makes him nuts. Mm-hmm. This is like there's levels to how yeah, messed up memories this and is. manipulation and yeah. And and it it actually I, I I will admit this, they made Skeletor a richer character just by this five episode arc mm-hmm. than he ever was to me. And even they though, definitely made the know. idea of Keldor much more absolutely um, palatable. Absolutely. Like, like you know, I I wasn't one of these people that absolutely hated the idea of Keldor, but they made it way cooler for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick um, before we move on to scene two, I have to talk about seeing that amazing scene in Keldor's memories where we get to the see the, and, the royal yeah. nursery. Mm-hmm. Two cribs. Two yeah. cribs. Did you see the stuffed uh, animals? Stuffed, yeah, yeah, a stuffed unicorn and a stuffed like tiger. green tiger. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a Castle Grayskull playset in there. There was. Yeah. Yeah. And there was yeah. also, uh, if I remember right, it was a um, Wind Raider or something. Yeah. They're one of the vehicles. One of the shelves or something. Yep. So it's like, yeah, collect them all. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it goes back to, I think we were talking about it in the last episode. Like, Hordak's definitely playing the long game. Like, yes. like he's been to Eternity. He's been off of Eternity. He's been conquering these other worlds. Like, He's like, come back he's, multiple times. Yeah. Like, he's just, you know, like, it's it's not something where he's just, like, having an all-out war and doing this stuff and taking it in one shot. It's like, he knows he needs to take his time and play it slow and, and do do it the way that he's doing it. And, uh, yep. yeah, he's, he's a real jerk. Yep. So. Well, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I, as a big Filmation fan, as a huge He-Man fan, as a huge She-Ra fan, I had... Obviously, I understand the rights issues. Well, no one really understands. I don't them. understand the rights, but issues. I I, I get idea. that there are the right the rights issues out there, and so I'm just ahead of time. I'm in my head like we're not gonna see Adora, we're not gonna see Shira, and then they go and mm. throw in a scene where he is clearly taking Adora from the royal family. Like, I mean, mm. that that is. That is the scene from Secret of the Sword redone in revolution style. And I'm just in a like, I feel like Jim Carrey. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> but you but know. it's also like, it's what they do. Like they take whatever you think is going to yep. happen and then they do the the reverse. And, you know, like you just, you start out with, with revelation and you see like He-Man show up and all this and that Castle Grayskull and it turns out to be Faker. And, and yep. you, you know, they, they start killing off characters that you didn't think that they'd kill off. And, you know, so every, and then they, they tell you the story about how Skeletor is from the demon dimension. And so that's in your head. You're like, okay, in this version, in this series, this is what it's about. And then they flip that again and yep. then they flip it back. And it's it. so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you got to expect the unexpected. And I think, you know, what you're talking about as far as the cribs and, and, you can see Hordak is carrying a bundle of something. Yep. And it makes sense if there's two cribs and there's the right. two stuffed animals, what it is. 
So but yeah, it also it also leaves it just vague enough to where they could never do anything with it, and yeah. it also wouldn't, you know. Yeah, this could be the last Masters cartoon we ever see, right. and it'd just be this like huge tease. But yeah. but like you said, he took Keldor, he took him under his wing, he made him Skeletor. You know, you could see him doing that with maybe another member of the royal family. Like they're they're setting up Hordak's character, Keldor's character, and Skeletor's character so well. Um, and, and it also, you know, it goes back to like this family keeping secrets from one another. Yeah. Because, because if it is what we think it is with the two cribs and all this and that, they haven't told Adam. Like nope. Adam doesn't know. And he that didn't we know, know about it. He did. We don't think so. Right. He, he definitely, we, we established in the last episode, he did not know about his uncle. Mm-hmm. Like, but then like, you know, people are upset because they didn't know that Adam was He-Man. And it's like, like they just keep keeping secrets from one another. It's like, they don't yeah. learn their lesson. I, so. I get to jump on my, my old horse about this one and just say, it kind of would have been nice to just start it out as its own thing so we would have known the rules about this. But in this case, it does have some interesting moments of yeah. what is the deal here based on what mm. we know but mm. we are also assuming everything lines up with what we knew as kids. And there's only it's this, this is definitely a, like a broad strokes kind of a story mm. of things we know that should be the truth because they've shown us from revelation to now that isn't always going to hold up the way you think. And right. that is annoying in that way where for me, I still wish they would have started with its own thing and just let it be its own thing the way that they did. And I'm always yeah. going to say it. I can't help it. Yeah, not to harp on it. I know I did it in depth in another episode that we did, but yeah, it's it's at the, and that's why I think I'm enjoying Revolution more because now Revelation has laid that groundwork that we were missing before, mm-hmm. and it's still able to surprise me by going in unexpected ways. But at the same time, I feel like I have a better grasp on what the rules are in this universe now. Mm-hmm. So, all right, scene two. Yes, guys, that was only <laughs> that was one scene. Uh, scene two, we check in on the heroic side. We find our new Ka sorceress Tila. Uh, she's being trained by Evil Lynn. Uh, Evil Lynn is trying to help her harness the carnal magic of Ka uh, by insulting her repeatedly uh, in order to get Tila's blood boiling and the magic will work better that way <laughs> uh back at the royal palace uh keldor talks to he-man about the threat of skeletech uh he feels that instead of waiting for the next attack uh he-man should be more proactive and go uh take down snake mountain and take down skeletech uh he realizes that uh, He-Man does not have his sword. Uh, He-Man simply tells him that it was sent out for repairs. Catching up with Man-at-Arms and Orko. We, they are delivering the sword to a Thanurian locksmith named Gwildor. And as Gwildor and Orko meet for the first time, they quickly develop an antagonistic relationship with each other. Uh, back at the palace, He-Man is set to leave with Battle Cat. He's got his trusty battle axe. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Andrew tries to join him, saying He-Man, Battlecat, and Man-at-Arms should be the ones to attack Snake Mountain, but He-Man wants her to stay and guard the palace and their new king. Uh, since he is without his power sword, Andra gives He-Man an armor upgrade to use. Looks like a giant H. And she tells him to use it when the battle starts. Uh, as Battlecat and He-Man ride off towards Snake Mountain, Keldor approaches Andra with a plan. If they can inoculate the citizens of Eternia against the virus, uh, that will take care of the threat from Skeletech. Uh, Andra is reluctant at first, uh, but Keldor shows her that it is a better plan than hoping that some troll in the middle of nowhere will be able to make the power sword work. Andra agrees to help Keldor in his plan. It's me. Mm -hmm. Um... So yeah, so obviously, obviously now you know I, I I realize that my disdain of Kelador is true, um, and I I just I think he's being painfully obvious here, but he has done his part to win over He Man and Andra. Unfortunately, uh, it was cool to see see the H battle armor symbol, which we know what it's going to transform into. Uh, but yeah, just. Uh, trying i mean i mean here here's the here's the big push right we're in the episode three halfway through and here's where everything starts becoming clear and obviously this inoculation is not going to go well for the citizens of eternia um and, and again i know we talked about a bit last episode but like you know andra really in this scene, I feel is where you really get that she's trying to find her place. You know, I'm the man at arms. I should be going with you guys. And you know, He Man, you know, He, he Man's trying to do what's best, and she's just taking it as dismissive. So again, once Keldor shows up, that little snake in the grass, mm -hmm. you know, complimenting her and everything, like you know, it just it's so easy for her to go along with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely catering to her ego in that way mm -hmm. and all that stuff and i mean we we addressed it even in the second episode that she is a character that feels a little lost in the shuffle in this this time around compared to the way that they were like pushing her on us in the first in revelation the way they were um and uh, you know it's like i feel bad for her at times but there's another part of me that's still like She's not a character that's endearing or or one that I'm showing up for. So I'm kind of okay. They're sidelining her a bit this season and she just shows up occasionally, which, you know, it is what it is. But for me, well, and um, it's, it, it's kind of like I just thought like just because you're the man at arms doesn't mean you're Duncan. I well, guess that's, that's my the, thing. Like you've it, got you've got to earn that. Yeah, well that's that's the like thing there's a to difference. Me. It, it was her doing the whole just like old times, man at arms, he man in battle, can't go to sleep, man. It's like the fuck. You yeah, know, but sorry. That's, right. I mean, that's sorry, not but, you. But you know, it's like it's like that you can just sit there because that you're no Duncan. Yep. You're 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 good, and there's a reason that that Randor named you man at arms and all that now. But you aren't my you aren't my friend. You aren't my mentor. You know, like right. there there's no way around that. Yeah, I think that's and, the key there. 
and 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 so i like that on that level where it's like he trusts her enough to go i can go off and do this while you hang here and i know you're going to protect things but i also like the fact that it's it's that we aren't like brothers or you know brother and sister at arms or anything or any you know the the history isn't there which i was like good okay and um I mean, the battle armor part, that made me really happy just seeing her put that on the harness. And I'm like, I know where they're going and I'm going to be excited when it happens. And and I mean, my God, seeing the freaking battle axe and animation, even for the first time like that, just made me happy. Um, and honestly, I, I got to admit, I was if if um, if nine or ten year old version of me would have found out that Gwildor and Orko got to play in a scene together in an animated anything that would have just blew my mind and the fact that we're getting that finally after all this time worth it for me i absolutely love the two of them just antagonizing each other it's just being so like orko is so you know no no pun meant but short with him the whole time he just keeps you know when are we gonna be ready when is this when is that he's just like constantly on gwildor and gwildor is just like the heck man you know (laughs) and i i just i dig it and um i i know uh ted biaselli who is one of the producers actually provided the voice of gwildor and i think it's phenomenal it's 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 the same as griffin newman orco to me like both of them sharing a scene together made me go i could actually watch if they did like a, a little mini series with just the two of them having adventures i'd be all about it now I never thought I'd say that in my life, but I will say it now. I would love an Orko Gwildor team up series of some sort. Absolutely. I think it'd be fun. Um, so starting out with the uh, Tila and Evelyn thing, like love the partnering of those two. Like I said on last one, like you could partner up Evelyn in in this universe, you could partner up Evelyn with anybody, and I'm gonna watch it. Um, but seeing these two having to work together, it was very like Rocky three, like Rocky <laughs> yeah. training with That's, Apollo yeah. Creed. Like I just wanted Eye of the Tiger to play in the background. <laughs> like this was my enemy and now it's my mentor. It's the person that's helping me to yeah. learn how to channel this power and stuff. Um, and, and you know, once again, we, we've kind of talked about it so far, but like this is another moment for tila to kind of seem a little bit vulnerable like a little bit like i don't have all the answers i don't have everything just handed to me i've got to work for it um which makes this series just so much better than revelation in my opinion um so i absolutely love that that whole thing where they're you know fighting one another and everything and they take they take a minute to remind you too that like tila is relatively new at this the magic mm. using yeah you know evelyn kind of jabs are like well you've only used zor magic like yeah rookie like one type yeah. of magic what the, right. like you know us real magic users dabble all the time and, yeah. and one I, to interrupt real quick one quick moment in that sequence that i liked compared to what revelation did mm. i didn't need evil Linda straddle skeletor but right. i did like the i'm the reason i lift he-man's loincloth yeah, yeah i'm the i'm the reason it's the forbidden fruit moment and then yeah. just making teal like it's so fiery on her that was like that's the adult version that i'm okay with i don't need to yeah. see all the right. other stuff in its full glory the way they were going last time yeah 
Agreed. Um, you know, we go to like the whole Keldor and He-Man talking. Um, and I mentioned last time that there were like two moments that felt very rushed to me in, in this series. The first one was, you know, how quickly um, Adam, you know, took to the whole Keldor idea and making him king. And like within one day, like he's, you know, made the decision, he's being crowned and all this kind of stuff. The mm. second moment for me is where, you know, He-Man allows Keldor to convince him to go after Skeletor at Snake Mountain. And and He-Man is just like, okay, sounds good. That that sounds like a good idea, me going off by myself and leaving the kingdom here and and go do this. Like it 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 just to me, and I understand you've got five episodes to do this. You gotta you gotta make some quick choices, but it kind of makes He-Man seem uh, like a rube, you know, yeah. like like just you know, like really, you're gonna be convinced by that. That story is what's gonna you know whatever. Um, but then, you know, when he asks about the sword, He-Man's uh, you know initially he says that it's it's off for repairs, but he doesn't really tell him the whole story. So. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think, like, like is he not trusting Keldor all the way? Like, is there some some part where he's like, there's there's a little of, bit. He kind of held back a little bit. He yeah. just said it's off for repairs. He didn't say, here's what we're trying to do, and here's the mission that those guys are on. You so could you could, I took it the same as you. I'm like, okay, so he man's not completely like he he knows he needs to play some stuff close. Yeah, you could also look at it as he's worried that if. Gildor can't enhance it, then it's mm. going to be a failure. And like, mm. so he doesn't want to, like, he doesn't want to get Keldor's hopes up Yeah, mm -hmm. on something that might not be able to happen. I looked That's at it as, as the first one that he, he maybe he trusts him, but he doesn't yeah. want to trust him a hundred percent yet. Right. Um, so anyway, um, then you get to the Gildor Orko, Orko, Orko thing. And yes. um, I think the voice was great for Gildor. Teddy did a great job. Um, Orko's voice is awesome. They played well off each other. I never thought that I could like Gwildor. I <laughs> I don't like the 87 movie. Oh, I, um, I, I don't hate any person in this world, but William Stout is definitely up there. Like that um, on my shit list. Sorry, excuse me, friend. <laughs> he is like one of the, like I, he's just, in my, my opinion, he's a despicable human being that ruined a lot of the things that, that I love. <laughs> Um, and it said some nasty things about the filmation and the toy line. Um, so I just, yeah, not a big fan. So for me, 87 movie, I see Gwildor, I see some of these other characters that were not the ones that I cared about. Um, and knowing that specifically they went, took the design in a different direction because he thought the characters were silly in filmation and in the toy line really upsets me. Seeing Gwildor in this aspect and the way that Teddy played the voice, the way that they played those two off of each other, there's a really fun dynamic between the two. I loved Gwildor in this. I loved Gwildor. I loved Oracle. I loved the whole connection between the two of them. I thought it was awesome. Um, so there's that part. And then the whole uh, Andra thing, uh, Andra, whatever, like, don't like the character don't need the character. I don't need like you're, you're giving characters like Stonedar a minute of time, uh, Fisto and, and clamp champ, like, you know, 30 seconds before they get killed. 
I don't need a new character. And I definitely don't need a new character where between the two series, I get hours of seeing this character, them try to develop it for somebody that I don't care about. Um, but her being able to give him a, you know, battle armor harness that like, that's all I need. Like if, yep. if I had to deal with everything in revelation <laughs> with her, building yeah. up that character and even you naming her man at arms and taking Duncan's position and all this kind of stuff where he kind of gets sidelined. If I had to go through all of that so that you could hand he man a battle armor harness, I'm cool. That's you, you made up, you made up for everything that I did not like about that character by just handing him that harness. Cause mm-hmm. they, she handed that to him. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're getting to see the battle axe and mm-hmm. we're getting to see the battle armor. Yep. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Okay, you guys got me. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my thoughts on this scene. And you know, obviously, nods to the '87 movie, which I've always loved. You know, Gildor's got all the locks on his hut, like yep. he did in the movie. And behind Man at Arms, you can actually see the rear of a pink Cadillac. Yeah. So, and and Gildor even says something when he shows up about um like going on an adventure and stuff. Yep. Like they they did a real I I think that this series more than Revelation did a good job of pulling in things from multiple yep. different sources of Motu, from filmation, from the toy line, from from the '87 movie, from 2000X, pulling all these things in and making them work in their own way. Um. I, I absolutely believe that everything that they've touched from these other areas of Motu, they've actually enhanced and made it better, not made it worse. So, yeah, and it just it was nice seeing because, like you said, Man Arm jumped right in, like it's Man Arm Duncan. Remember me? And he's like, mm. Oh no, you mean adventures? I don't want to go on adventures, and it's like mm. and that's all you need. Like mm-hmm. I don't need to know that the eighty. And they talk movie, about a synthesizing. Yeah, they do. They uh, talk yeah, about yeah. the cosmic key. They talk about the tones. Like mm-hmm. so, like something happened with the cosmic key in Gwildor. I don't. You know, I am left to believe that the eighty-seven movie happened as it did because that's you know I love it. But at the same, but like that's all you need. That's all mm-hmm. you need, and it, you don't have to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. being like. You know, I am Duncan. I am good. You know, this whole whatever, you can just go right into it because we have that backstory already. But even if you don't, if you like, yeah. I, you know, I was watching the, that interview with uh, Nate and Ted and they were on with the Geek Out or whatever that show is. Yeah. And the one gal on there, she she had never watched Filmation. She'd never watched the 87 yeah. movie. She watched this like you can watch this and it's good in and of itself. Like it explains enough that, that you know that these two have been on adventures and he's kind of hesitant and this and that. But if you have seen that other stuff, you go, Oh, this is a cool tie in. Like, you know, I just think that that's good that it's, you know, regardless of who the audience is, Mm -hmm. it still works. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's so easy to go in that situation and be like, you know, Oh, we need to convince Gwildor to help us. But like, no, just, we know Gwildor. Mm -hmm. We've had adventures. Here we go. You were saying, Sean? The the one thing that I love, and it made me laugh really hard the first time I saw it, was if you if you come here to talk to me about your god Zor, I'm an atheist. That yeah. got me. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god! It's it, it, it like it sums him up so perfectly. <laughs> just hearing him say that line from a closed door, and 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 on top of that, just in general, I mean, hell, we have that on Earth as well. So there you go. But uh, yeah. All right, scene three. Uh, Back in Gwildor's hut, Man-at-Arms is explained to Gwildor. 
what they need to do. They need him to enhance the Sword of Power so that its healing effect can be spread around all of Eternia at once. Gwildor is initially hesitant, stating that merging magic and technology is virtually impossible. And on top of that, they expect him to tamper with the Sword of Power, one of the most elegant weapons. Uh, Orko and Gwildor trade some jabs back and forth, uh, and Gwildor eventually agrees to work on the Power Sword. Meanwhile, He-Man starts his assault at Snake Mountain. He activates the battle armor, which encases his upper torso. Uh, him and Battle Cat charge up and take out the towers. Uh, take out gun towers, Techno Cultist, Spike or Whiplash, Web Store, all in their effort to make it to the throne room. At the same time, Keldor and Andra are putting into effect their plan to inoculate the citizens. Uh, everybody gets a microchip on their tongue and a gar wrist gauntlet. This they are told this will protect them against the techno virus. Not only does it protect them, uh, but it also increases their strength. Uh, it helps a crippled woman walk again. So putting them up into their best abilities. Uh, back at Snake Mountain. He-Man makes it into the throne room only to discover the crown of Eternos sitting in Skeletor's empty chair. He gasps as he realizes what has happened. <laughs> Sean, you're first. Battle armor. This sequence is the sequence that when we saw that tr that teaser uh, when we were at Legion's Con, I had been primed and ready for this. And, and granted, unfortunately, this is as far as it gets, but I, I still am so happy it's finally happened after all this damn time. That made me so happy. And just the way he even like um, the way he turns it on to get it to envelop his body was badass. I just everything about that moment made me happy. And then plus just him wrecking shop at Snake Mountain was great. And uh, But yeah, when when they did that whole plan of the inoculation, I was watching that going, there is no way this is going to go well. And that's just that simple. And it was cool. Okay, you know, you can make people be healthier again, get into their prime, like Matt was saying. But there's this element of that where I'm just like, yeah, this ain't this ain't good. This ain't good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the there's this scene is a little tricky for me because I love the parts with the He-Man and the Snake Mountain don't like the parts with the you know keldor and all that kind of <laughs> stuff like i feel like andra is like something should have said like no this isn't cool we should right. be doing this and and where's everybody else where's where's marlena where's the you know the where's uh you know all these other people that should be going stepping up and going uh this this if we're gonna do this, we probably need to run this by Adam before. Like I understand, we've just made you king, but you know this is a little little much. You know, using this technology 
inside of people and stuff. So I, it it's just one of those where I'm I'm surprised at you know how that went. But the stuff with He Man and and seeing the battle armor and him and Battle Cat just kicking butt and mm-hmm. like he jumps in like like you see him like jump at the tower and it just like yep. goes into the tower, makes a hole, and then all of a sudden the whole thing lifts up and he's like throwing it at him and it's just cool and and like he he like comes charging inside on battle cat and he's like you know whipped back with his with the battle axe and it's like dude this is just so cool it is it is awesome um but yeah like i said the other part i'm just like 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 andra and whoever else is there you got to know this is a bad idea like well but, and if you if you notice andra doesn't actually take it herself yeah so it's like i think even then like there's something but, in her saying, like kind of like with He-Man. Yeah, but you're willing to let one. regular citizens take. You know, it's just yeah. yeah. I know, I know. I'm just saying. It's like I think as it was going on, like she was probably supposed to take. She was probably supposed to be one of the, like, okay, we'll get all them done. You take yours. Snout spell take his. You know what I mean? And then, and I and I get it too. Like he's still fairly new in this role. It's yeah. a brand new king. She's trying not to overstep her bounds. Like I I get it. But at the same time, like there's other people there, like Marlena definitely should have been saying yeah. something like, where the hell is she at? You so, know? Well, that, go ahead, Sean. Just something that we we brought, you guys were talking about it in the last sequence with uh, He-Man doing the, you know, what, what can I do, sire, yeah. you know, send me off on an adventure or whatever. The way I looked at that and the way I look at the Andrew part is kind of like when you have a lot of stuff weighing you down and you just mm-hmm. aren't feeling it. Like they literally just lost the King at the beginning of the series. Yep. Uh-huh. And there is this whole game changer thing. And especially now with Keldor also coming into it and him assume him becoming the King versus Adam and Adam having that thing of, you know, his dad, basically black and white, there's only two options we have here and you can't choose them both and all that. There's always that, that comfort when you have a moment like that where something lets you be yourself for a little while again and suddenly you throw yourself hard as you can into that to feel better and that's kind of what i look at as both of those characters doing right now he man he doesn't have the sword but he still has the power and he he's looking at this going i'm i need my purpose right now because i'm literally mourning my father i just gave you the crown and i have no power sword but i'm still useful andra i i wasn't allowed to go with he-man i lost the the king too and he's my boss basically but now keldor's given me a reason to do something and whether it's for good or for bad and she doesn't really see the future of the outcome she looks at it as I'm going to throw myself into this because it's something that gives me purpose again versus I'm sidelined. And we went through all this depression morning stuff at the beginning of the series. That's how I viewed it. at least. Kind of piggyback on that. Like you said, Curtis, like he, he is, you know, he's going to snake mountain. He's just tearing the place up. You know, like that's not even normal He-Man behavior. No, no, it's so super it's like, aggressive He-Man. Yeah, it, oh, it's yeah. like it, he's being allowed to take his frustration, take his anger, take mm-hmm. his grief out. So it's yeah. like, yeah, like 
you want me to go punch stuff? Yes, sir. Yeah, and I, I will you know, punch like, for you. <laughs> and it's 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 a while that I don't have to think about my world has just been upended in the last forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. You know, and on top of that, I meant to bring it up last scene, but it with all our jabbering, I forgot about it. Like, like you said, where's Marlena? Where you know, Adam doesn't even know what Tila's doing right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. Like, this is the woman he obviously loves. And, mm-hmm. you know, he lost his father. She didn't even show up to the funeral. Like, what kind of a, like, Adam doesn't have a support system right now. So it's kind of the same thing with Andrew, where Keldor, like, comes in and he is that guy that Adam feels he can lean on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Duncan's off trying to do his part. Marlene is yeah. busy. Tila's God knows where, you know? Yeah. So. yeah, I think the 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 thing with Marlena for me, though, is like Randor dies and there's never a thought. And, and listen, I don't know what their kingdom's like. I don't know, whatever. Right. But like, there's never a thought like, well, maybe we just have a queen. Like maybe just the queen's in charge. Like yeah. no, nobody ever even considers that. That's never even an option. Like, they're, yeah. you know, it's like, why can't she just be in charge for a while? And then once you once Adam makes the decision and we're going to go with Keldor, like you would still think that she based on all the time that she's been there in the royal palace and part of this, you know, the royalty there, mm-hmm. um, like he just got back. You know, he's been away from this place forever. You would think that at least she would be like his top advisor right. or something. And it's like. She's just not even in the picture. Um, that's, that's my one big like, huh? About like, if they had at least explained, like you said, if if they were like, oh, Marlene is going to be Keldor's advisor, and Keldor's like, oh, I sent her off to do this. Yeah, like she's within it on another adventure, either right, she's like with ha- man at arms and them, or she's with whatever. Yes, just explain where she is because it maybe is she's even part- just off grieving still. Like right. with Randall, you know, maybe Adam yeah. goes to talk to her and he hears her crying and he never enters the room. Like just, so, I agree. It needed something there because, and then when she does pop back up, it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, where have you been? Like, she's, yeah. the, she's the big question mark for me during this. I get the yeah. Tila. I get that. But she, they need the- to set up her, her being out of the support system uh, here instead of yeah. just being like, yeah, she's not around. The, the I, I, that's, only, it's it's one of the only plot holes that I yes. find in this series. Yeah, I wouldn't only, be surprised uh, to find out there is a deleted scene that explains it. Honestly, yeah, like it's, she was captured and you know or something. something. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, the only the only other thing to uh, to throw in there is the timeline on this is happening quickly. Mm-hmm. So the you know some of those things might be things if the timeline wasn't going as fast as it is. They might have maybe introduced something like if they had more episodes, mm. I would imagine if they had eight episodes, they probably would have had to do something like that to yeah. not have people talking like we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. But in that way, the the only reason that I I'm not worried about that in the in the scheme of this is it's literally the day after he got the crown. Yep. So how ingratiated is she with him that she could even do that? And it's like, I, I, hell, it's amazing. They didn't say now he's got to marry her because I, of how that's, but you know, that kind of a weird setup. Mm-hmm. Or I get whatever. what both of you guys are saying as far as, you know, not eight episodes and, and maybe there's a deleted scene or something, but I think even a throwaway line, I think one line 
right. could have no, fixed a couple different things because I think they could have said like in that actual that uh, interaction between Keldor and He-Man where he's convincing him to go to Snake Mountain. If you have He-Man have just a slight hesitation and say, "Hey, I don't know if I can do that. I I, I agree. I probably need to take the fight to them." but my mom is really grieving right now. She's in a bad way. And I just don't know that I want to leave her. And, and Kelder's like, listen, she can take time to grieve. I've got this under control. Go ahead and do this. You know, then it would kind of explain her absence and it would show at least a little bit of hesitation on He-Man's part to not just go, you know, head first into this and leave all the people alone. Um, I, I just think one extra line could have made a huge difference here. Absolutely. I, I am going to say though, for me throwing out there that idea, I am completely 100% behind that. I'm more that guy in what you're saying, Curtis, than I'll ever be about, well, they only had five episodes, but I'm also trying to be the devil's advocate yeah. too. They, well, here's it, like I know in the one interview I saw, Kevin Smith was like, we literally had to almost to the second decide what can and cannot be in here because mm-hmm. of the story they needed to tell. And five episodes being all the real estate they were given to tell that story. So, Mm -hmm. but no, I agree. I I think there should have been a Adam connecting with his mom after the death kind of a moment, or at least showing some sort of concern, some, some sort of concern. Cause that, that should have been like, I don't even think she needed to be in there. I think just, like I said, the one line between him and Keldor that shows a concern and also kind of explains her absence. Yeah. goes a long way. Absolutely. Agreed. All right, scene four. There it is. Uh, sorry. Uh, Matt Rodriguez is bothering me. Yeah, uh, he's messaging me too. He thinks we're actually live over there. Yeah. Uh, anywho, uh, scene four. Uh, Screech appears outside of Castle Grayskull. Uh, she uses a harmonic tone to blast through the force field that Tila left in place. Uh, Screech transforms into motherboard as she hits the ground and starts her takeover of Grayskull. Uh, Adam, uh, He-Man on Battle Cat is racing away from Snake Mountain, trying to get a hold of Tila through telepathy. He starts to, but they are unfortunately cut off. He is trying to warn her that uh, Skeletor is Keldor. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just gotta I gotta interrupt real quick. Matt, I, I told Matt that we're not live over there on episode one. We're doing episode three right now. And yeah. he said, I'm not watching this live. <laughs> he's, he's all mad now. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Yes, Matt. You're you're recorded. <laughs> yeah. Um Motherboard messed with Matt. That's what's happening. Uh, as Motherboard continues to take over Grayskull, Horde ships appear in the sky, and Keldor activates the microchips that were implanted in the Eternian citizens, taking control of them. Uh, Andra, who has not taken a microchip, is distraught upon realizing that she was tricked into helping Keldor take over. Uh, as Motherboard completes her takeover of Grayskull, the whole facade is changed into this technological horde castle. As that is completed, 
Adam or He-Man riding on Battle Cat is changed back into Adam and Cringer falling to the ground as they are cut off from the power. Uh, Adam crosses over a ridge and witnesses the new Horde castle. Horde troopers have already assembled outside as Hordak enters the castle to take the throne, congratulating Motherboard on succeeding where magic has failed him in the past. Horde troopers bring in a captured Prince Adam, who is shocked to see Keldor standing alongside Hordak. He shames him for betraying his family as Keldor reveals that he is really Skeletor, proclaiming that he'll be a monkey's uncle. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Cue cheap joke. Um, and fade to black. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't have a lot to say on this one. Um, I mean, I, I think it was cool that they tied in a need to, you know, incorporate the power of Grayskull from this. Like, mm-hmm. like it was it was cool to include that in there. Um, I, I like how the scene played out with him ha- losing the power and him and, and Battle Cat turning uh, back. Um, you know, I like I like how this all played out. The only thing I don't like, I think the castle looks dumb as heck. Um, the, the whole googly eye thing, the, the bat wings, the, like, I think you, you know, if you wanted to tech it up, that's cool. You want to throw in the red laser neon lights, like it's a bar, you know, at, you know, 11 o'clock at night or whatever, that's fine. But the googly eyes and the bat wings is just, it's just dumb in my opinion. I don't, Um, I don't mind the bat wings. Uh, I can I can get with you about the eyes, though. The eyes always throw me off whenever anybody puts them on gray skull. But yeah, so that was that was weird to me. But the way that the scene played out, I mean, I didn't think it was. I wasn't blown away to where I just you know can go on talking about it. But it was it was it was cool. It was nothing wrong. Nothing. It was just kind of out of all the endings of the episodes, this is probably the the least impactful one uh, so far for me. So. I, I will say I will say I love the interior of the castle more than the exterior. Um, mm-hmm. The way we slowly see like the Paternia tapestry taken over by circuitry, and then even like you had that throw or that skull on the wall behind the throne this mm-hmm. whole time, and that turns into that like techno skull, which actually looks like uh, very reminiscent of the '87 movie Castle. Um, that was, that was a cool little Easter egg for me. And then how motherboard actually like goes up and like connects herself angel Jesus on a cross, like, and mm. starts downloading the secrets of Grayskull. I'm like, okay, like that, I, I, I can get behind this. Like it's, you know, and this Sean is kind of what I was alluding to earlier when you brought up shadow weaver is I think shadow weaver has already occurred in this timeline. Because Hordak makes a point of he's tried magic before, it's always failed him, and technology is the way to go now. So, I mean, he could be talking about his own journey, because we know a lot of times that is kind of, you know, Hordak in the ancient times is more magical, and then he embraces technology. Um, but I got a feeling Shadow Weaver's already been in the wings, and he's he's moved on from that. Um and he still takes his digs at Keldor. 
Like even in the short scene, you know, he's like, you know, he's congratulating him and Keldor thinks he's talking about him. He's like, nope, I'm talking about motherboard, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, just one, one thing. And I know you don't, you don't watch other reviews or anything before you do your own. But correct. one thing that, that Teddy said the other day that I heard, um, cause people were asking about like, is there a shadow weaver connection and stuff? He said, there's actually more of a connection with motherboard to screech, um, than there is anything else. Um, like they, they basically were trying to take that character and make it more of a humanized form and, and yeah. with the technology and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I could see it a couple different ways, either, um, you know, uh, like Shadow Weaver does exist and she's still on Etheria. Right. Um, that that she's already existed and is gone. And this is his new right hand. Um, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and, and Skeletor even says that at one point about Motherboard being like Hordak's right hand. I can't remember if that's already happened or if that's in the future. And he basically is like, you know, it's just another... It's just another uh, minion, basically. Like, just right, like, like he, he, like that's he's what I'm saying. Using, he's using motherboard as much as he's using Skeletor. You know, yeah, and you know, Hordak and or Leech and Grizzler. Like, if one yeah. of them were to die, he'd replace them. Like, yeah. he doesn't actually care about them, and that's kind of like They're it just, just shows that plan. he, yeah, he's got that right hand, you know, woman that you know Shadow Weaver can at some point or already mm. has or can come back. You know yeah. what I mean. And, and take that again um it just it's it, it's nice and it's it's cool with motherboard actually becoming screech in this series where you know and being voiced by meg foster who played evil lynn and in mm. the early sto- stories for screech evil lynn actually turned into screech well we, um, we talked about um you know, Hordak's really playing this long game and he's, he's fighting a massive war on multiple fronts. Right. So we're not going to see all of his army here. We're not going to, and we're not going to see all of his generals here. Nope. So, so yeah, yeah, it's very possible that several of the other members of the horde that we know of, um, are, 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 they exist, but we're not going to see them in this series. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it my turn? Or? Sure. Yep. Go okay. for it. All right. Um, so this sequence completely reminded me of the takeover of Grayskull at the beginning of Revelation. And this this series from Revelation to this is showing it's way too easy to get into Grayskull. And the mm. fact that Tila now is willing to leave Grayskull, mm. I hope this is also going to be a lesson going forward yes she needed yes. to do these things i completely get it though the, her reasoning behind it is the double-edged sword of okay it's going to leave grayskull vulnerable and in this case oh crap look what happened yep. but it is what it is in this case because she had a, a, her mission but it is like okay so here we go again and this time around it's in my opinion it's a worse version of it Yes. Because she's downloading stuff that Skeletor was like standing in that whatever in the in Revelation, just like gazing into the void and all that stuff to to get no, the power a, and the secrets. She's actually downloading it. Adam's getting literally everything. cut off from the power. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is bad. So it, it's 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 I, I don't know. I, I guess it would be far worse in a sense because now the horde does have that info. 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Skeletor had the power sword and he knew to get to, all right, whatever. It's, um, bad. it's bad either way. I think but it I'm, is worse because because this is now like with Skeletor, it was all about the magic side. Yep. Mm-hmm. With this, it's like downloading all the magic secrets and the tech. And if you're yep. able to combine them together, like, you know, yeah, yep. unlimited possibilities yeah and and i i like that they went here because we at the end of revelation you and me sean we sat we sat here and said you know well what does this mean now what if someone tries to attack grayskull you know and this is Mm -hmm. showing that you know tila thought both ways i can be the sorceress and i can do my own thing and it's like can you Mm -hmm. you know it's there's a reason your mother dedicated her life to this yeah. She didn't want to leave you. She knew she had to be there. Yeah. Well, and I, I do like that there is like there is a good legitimate reason to leave Graceful yes. and, and do this stuff. But there also is consequences. Like all your decisions have consequences. And I, I do like that about this series is that mm-hmm. they let you make decisions. You do have freedom of choice, but you got to yep. realize that every choice you make, you know, Adam going and taking the, the fight to Skeletor may be a good decision. But it, there's also consequences to the choices that you make. So yeah, and I mean, on top of that, who Teal is the only one who can do this mission that she's on. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't picture anyone else who could have gone and done this. And and she's she's assimilating as she goes. If it's yeah. something where He Man's taking a totem and dry, going all the way back to Grayskull with it and stuff. It's like that's going to be exhausting and a ridiculous storyline. So the fact she's out doing these things makes sense to me. But this whole scene, it was again, you know, the whole okay. So now here we go again, and it reminded me of two thousand X when um, Adam and Cringer end up transforming back for that reason. Right. Uh, and and I always dug that about two thousand X. It wasn't very often on filmation where he not got the power knocked out of him, and in two thousand X the potential was there mm-hmm. and the potential to also get his secret known because of that was there. And it actually made me enjoy that so much better compared to filmation. It was just a given. He had it until he gave it away again. So in this case, and I, I like that they explained that right away. It wasn't it, it, like the minute it happens, like you would have maybe thought, crap can he even do this again and instead he's like no i know the power's there it's just being blocked and i'm like okay right that was a a really good way of just going here it is we have a simple solution we have to find the answer to but this is the problem and it worked for me all right so that was episode three it's that time, guys. Power Sword Ranking. Three Power Swords is our absolute best of the best. Two Power Swords is a great episode. One Power Sword is a good, enjoyable episode. Cosmic Enforcer, neutral, right down the middle. Neither good nor bad. Uh, then we got the Havoc Staffs. One Havoc Staff is bad. Two Havoc Staffs is worse. Three Havoc Staffs should be banished to Despondos forever. Curtis. Um, this one's not as good for me as the first two. Um, you know, there was some parts that felt rushed, some parts that felt like there's plot holes. Um, you know, and you know, the, the action was good. There were some, definitely some cool visuals. Um, it did progress the story. I did like the Keldor parts. Um, I'm going to say one and a half power swords for me. 
Yeah, I've uh, it's definitely it's definitely a drop. Um it's it's hard because it's a drop for me, but at the same time, like I understand why they had to do everything they did. So I'm trying to over re- Mm-hmm. Like, like I want to give it points back because I'm like, well, it's I one where they're progressing to... the story, yeah. Right, like it, it had to go here. This is a third yeah. episode. We had to push everything. It's a pivotal moment, yeah. To get in there, uh, so I think I'm just gonna copy you and go one and a half power swords because I can't, I can't take it down to one. But I've given the other ones twos, and I just, I don't. It's not that good. It is a good episode, though. Um, one thing I will, real quick, just because. Just thought about it. I am getting tired of seeing that shot they do of Grayskull constantly where it like starts in the throne room and then pans out and then the jaw bridge goes up. Like they use it in the opening all the time. They used it in Revelation a lot. They used it again in Revolution after it's hortified. Like just stop reusing that shot. Like it's it, it's uh, it's not that good of a, of a shot. <laughs> Uh, I, I will go with one, uh, power sword because, um, yes, it was great to see battle armor He-Man. Yes. The Orco world orbits were great, but I gotta give it, I, I, I was debating doing that or the cosmic enforcer because the design of Horde Grayskull is so shit. <laughs> I, wow. I, I, I no, like I actually I don't mind the the wings. I'm just like you. But the minute they yeah. put googly eyes and gray skull, you're automatically offending me. It's the equivalent <laughs> of it's the equivalent of uh John Walker wearing the Captain America shield compared to Steve Rogers and he's like messing it up and all that. It's like you don't do that. Gray skull is so eternal in my childhood and in my my geekdom. That the minute you put googly eyes and gray skull, you automatically yeah. offend me on so many different levels. Um, but yeah, this one was more like there were moments, but overall the story kind of played out the way I kind of expected it to. And yeah, it, 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 it was basically the bridge between the beginning of it actually selling me on wanting to sit through this and enjoy it. Yes. And the ending, the possibilities of what this ending is going to be, this literally felt like that middle chapter for me. Uh, and and Grayskull having googly eyes did not help it on that level at all. <laughs> yeah, it's Sorry. gray skull, not gray face. Great, yeah. yeah exactly. Don't have eyes. <laughs> oh, uh, whoever thought that was a good idea there, like, even if it was Nate Barch, if Nate goes, hey, put, put eyes in there, when I see that, we just kind of going to be like, Nate, I love you, but no. Just don't. Mm-hmm. Ever, I have a feeling Nate probably was even like, "Do I gotta draw this eyeballs in this? Really? Yeah, uh, all right." <laughs> it actually would have been cool if, in a nod to the Eternity War comics, because there's that big arc in there where the hordes after Chronos and Chaos, the two red diamonds that go sit in the eyes of Grayskull oh, and turn yeah. it into a super weapon. I mean, I don't need to go that story arc, but it would have been cool if they were going to put something there to put those two giant red jewels. Like, I think that would have been uh, a better look than, you know, optics, extra eyeballs. So. I, I, I mean, hell, you want to you want to make it freaky for me? Just make the eyes glow. And that's all I would have needed to go. Oh, that ain't right. Could you have done that? Just a red glow like the, like the rest a of the red castle, or a white like, glow, yeah. like, And it makes it have that like otherworldly feeling that Grayskull should not have because it's already yeah. 
a creepy enough place to visit, you know? Turn around. Turn around. Yeah. Right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sleep tonight. Fucking hell. <laughs> That's the second F bomb I left. And it's because of Bonnie Tyler. Legends of Grey School Off World. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. That was episode three. Stay tuned. Episode four is coming at you soon. Uh until next time, guys, go binge watch this on Netflix and give it a thumbs up because I want another season. Give it two. Give it two. Oh, come on.